0: This episode of Manage Smarter is presented by Sales Fuel Coach, our adaptive sales coaching featuring five-minute quick coaching personalized to each sales rep. Learn more about Sales Fuel Coach at salesfuel.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop and retain talent, improve results and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast.
1: Okay, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Pay attention. And I'm saying that for a specific what? (laughs) specific reason. That is our topic today. So everybody sit up straight because we have Neen James on the show today. Hi, Neen. Thanks for coming. G'day. What a treat it
2: is to serve the listeners. I love what you and Audrey uh, and Lee are doing. It's such a fun
1: thing to be invited. Thanks for letting me serve. Absolutely. And she's got a bang up intro. Uh, I just love this, Neen. Uh, Okay, everybody. Neen James is the author of Folding Time and her latest book, Attention Pays, is available at bookstores worldwide over the past two decades. Neen has been advising some of the coolest companies on the planet, including Viacom, Comcast, Paramount Pictures, and get this FBI. I got to hear about that. Uh, On how to improve strategic planning, communication, and leadership development. And when she is not speaking on stage, you might find her on the back of a Harley Davidson. Yeah. Uh, And she is originally from Sydney, Australia, now a proud new US citizen. And I love this. Speaker, author, and insanely slow runner, Neen... James, welcome to the Management Matters <laughs> podcast, and let us introduce ourselves to you. I'm Audrey Strong. I'm the Vice President of Communications here at Sales Fuel,
0: and I'm Celie Smith. I'm the President and CEO of Sales Fuel. I ride a Trek Madone, and I only run when something's chasing me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like so- a large predatory animal, <laughs> exactly. Is chasing me. So, for leaders, you say that paying attention is a key, is is a is a real skill that can drive uh, profitability, productivity, and accountability. Can we start there? It's the most
2: important skill, Audrey. I think what happens is... You know, for years and years, we've been deluded by thinking we can manage time. You can't manage time. Leaders understand there's no such thing as time management. It's such a crazy concept because you and I, we both get 1,440 minutes in a day. It doesn't matter what level we are. It doesn't matter how long we've been in the company. It doesn't matter how many people we serve as a leader. We get the same amount of time every day. So you can't manage your time. You can manage your attention. And as leaders, what I've been able to prove is that when leaders pay attention, they have deeper relationships, companies make more money, and we take care of the planet on which we live. And so it's my belief that when we're paying attention, we are able to then track how that focus translates into improved productivity, improved profitability, and obviously, personally and in our team, people become more accountable.
0: Wait, I have a question for you. But wait a second, I just got a text on my on my smartphone here. Hold on a second. Okay, (laughs) Uh, so yeah, what do we what do we do with people then that that have these devices and they're they're I mean distracted? Maybe is too light of a word for that. Yeah,
1: addicted.
2: You know, one thing that we all have to remember is technology is not the enemy of our attention. We are. We are fully at choice about how we manage our devices. Our devices are a tool, and when used well, you could literally change the world. There is nothing you cannot access from your cell phone. And so I think we blame devices, and that's not true. The devices are smart. They are going to help us. For goodness sake, they save lives literally. But they It's the
0: people who are stupid.
2: (laughs) Well, I think it's stupid usage. That's the challenge, Lee, right? So think about that. One of the things that I found that disturbed me greatly when I was writing my latest book. So my latest book is called Attention Pays. And the thing that disturbed me the most of all the research was I found this study that said, it was multiple studies actually, that nine people die every day because of distracted driving. We've made it more important to update our Facebook status than pay attention to the road. And so what I would suggest to people who are using their devices in maybe not the best way Think about your device as a really cool way to stay connected. So use it for good and not evil. I love leaders when one thing that I do frequently is shoot a short little video and, and text it to someone and encourage them for the great work they've done. Shoot a little video to a client and say, hey, thank you for being part of our business. Shoot a video for a team member and say, hey, I saw that presentation you did. It was fantastic. So you can leverage your device instead of being distracted by a device. But Lee, I think the big point here. Is you're in control. You can allow phone calls to go to voicemail. You can turn off or push notifications. I leave my cell phone on airplane mode quite a lot. My phone is almost always on silent. And so I don't want the sound of a text message or a phone call to interrupt the conversation that I'm having with the person in front of me. There are little things we can do to be a stronger leader. And the thing is, as leaders, we role model this. So if you're constantly on your device or a team member comes into your office and you don't stop on your computer or you keep texting during a sales meeting, you're setting the precedence. You can't go mad at your team for doing the same thing. You're the role model of attention in your office. You need to be an attention ambassador.
0: So you start off by proper behavior, behavioral modeling, uh, but then what else can managers do then to uh, foster a greater attention?
2: One of my uh, radio clients in Philadelphia, well, we have this system whereby they have some really cool ideation meetings where they're creating phenomenal campaigns for their clients. And so we had a rule, we had a basket outside the conference room. So as people wandered into the room, they dropped their cell phone in the basket. And then when they came out, they simply picked it up. Now, this may seem like a tiny thing, but their ideation productivity went through the roof. Now, when you think about trying to brainstorm a new concept, this is a really cool thing, thing to do device-free. Now, in one board meeting that I sat in, the the chairman of our board, actually, he was the worst and he was always on his cell phone. So what we did was I suggested everyone pass their own cell phone to the left. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) He didn't have his own cell phone, but he still had something in his hand. And Audrey, I think he used the word earlier in our conversation, addiction, that we are addicted to our devices. And there's truly an element of that to be true. And what we did with this chairman of the board was he still had a cell phone in his hand. He just couldn't do anything with it. So it was kind of a joke, but it actually worked. So he stayed on task. The board made it, thought it was funny. I made light of it. What we have to do, though, is not to make people wrong. We have to say what is going to be the benefit of them doing what's right. So I always believe people will do the what if they understand the why. And the why behind having some device-free time, and that includes laptops, by the way, that includes cell phones is so that people can be fully present to give their absolute best performance, their best input, their best ideas. And unfortunately, when we stay connected, we're part of multiple conversations and not fully present in the one we really need to be in. And as leaders, we role model this.
1: I have a question about, uh, okay, so you drop your cell phone in the basket, you go into the conference room. Um, Are there non-device related issues with getting people to pay attention? So let's say you do that and there's still a couple misfits that can't seem to focus, especially if you've structured a very tight agenda and it's a good meeting, not a boring meeting.
2: Audrey, I think the responsibility for engagement is with the leader. It is the leader's responsibility to set an agenda For a meeting appropriate time to sequence it in the right way and to set up guidelines for the meetings. Now the way that I used to do it in my corporate days and the way I do it with some of my clients is we would often publish the agenda in advance, we would tell people what's needed to be prepared or pre-read, we would tell people what decisions we were making within the meeting so they could come prepared and only the right people in the meeting. So the meeting starts before the meeting starts and what leaders have to do if you want to have more productive meetings maybe cancel some of them. Some of the meetings that I see in corporate business are off the charts. They're crazy too long. There's too many people in the room. No decisions are made. They just rehash what they did last time. Makes me crazy, right? And John Petz wrote a really great little book called Boring Meetings Suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he'd be a great guest for you guys. But what John is talking about is very similar to me, and we both share this passion for getting people to create significant moments. So, one of the things that I would recommend you do is set whatever the guidelines are for that team meeting. So, you might say at the beginning of the meeting, In the next 15 minutes, we're going to cover these three agenda items. We're going to decide on what actions are going to be taken. We're going to take notes for accountability and we're going to report back in two weeks. That's it. But as the leader, you control this. If people are having tangent conversations, if people are getting off track, if people keep talking too much, it is your responsibility to rein it in. So, Lee, my favorite uh, phrase when it comes to things that are getting off track, or if people are just like the sound of their own voice, or we're getting you know way down a rabbit hole, we shouldn't. No just, if she's directing
0: I'm, that at me, Audrey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm answering
1: your question because this is great, <laughs> this is great for our all company meetings. You're gonna know exactly. what to say. Okay, exactly. What's the phrase? I'm I,
0: taking notes. I go.
1: Always
2: get my clients to say this. And this is my favorite line in a meeting. And it's this simply this line and it says this. For the sake of time, let's move on. That combination of powerful word choices, for the sake of time, because we have limited time, once we spend our time, it's gone. That's it. We don't get it back. Let's move on. Now, you can say that as a participant, that your job as a leader is to keep the meeting moving quickly to achieve what needs to be, but also to have the insight that some conversations require deeper level of conversation so maybe it won't be achieved in this meeting you might have an agenda item that you realize is going to uncover a whole new revenue stream for your company so if that's the case you might say this sounds like such an important topic let's then schedule some more time to really go deep in this so it's not just about rushing through an agenda it's being so present that you have the awareness to know what requires people's attention What's a good investment of the time? And will people do what they say they're going to do? So how are you going to hold them accountable?
0: One of the things that we had done recently is that we issued a white paper, uh, the, the best manager I ever had. Mm. And, and we asked this question of nearly a thousand different folks. And, and we word tracked it. And we found the number one word that kept popping up was caring. They, it was a manager that cared about them. But when When I have uh, 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 someone I'm talking to, whatever that's on their cell phone or that they're they're busy doing something else while I'm trying to have conversation with them, it makes me feel like they don't really care.
2: Correct. You're right. Your perception's rightly. It's true. They don't care. Now, they think they're listening, but they're not.
0: Well, they think they're great multitaskers.
2: Well, that's just a myth. That's a stupid thing. Nobody can multitask well. Our poor brain can't. The reality is this, Mm. that it takes our brain on average 23 minutes. Every time we switch tasks, it takes our brain up to 23 minutes to get back to what we were doing. Now, do that half a dozen times in a day and you've literally wasted your whole day. My work is driven by this belief and it's this. Everybody wants to be seen and heard every human person on this planet, you don't need a lot of attention, you don't need everybody's attention, but you do need attention from people who are important to you. And I think that when we go to our devices or our laptops or whatever it is, we're making technology more important than people. And I take issue with that. We need to show people that they are so important to us that we will give them our undivided attention. And this is harder than it sounds. It's super easy for me to say this, but I have to practice this as well. This is not something that I've mastered. It's something that I work on every day. That's the choice. One of the things we talk about in our book is that it's actually intention that makes our attention valuable. I believe intentional attention is the choices you make and the actions you take. I literally decide in conversations, on email, in podcasts, in webinars, and speeches when I stand around the world. I have to be intentional in this conversation. I have to pay attention in this moment. And that's what we all need to do. That's the easiest thing leaders can do today is choose this meeting, this moment, this one-on-one, this sales presentation. Choose to be present in this very one thing so you will be even better at paying attention.
1: And you say that there is a specific way you can, one tool that you can use to show that and to also help yourself embody that is to use your eyes. Listen with your eyes. Can you talk about that? Well, Audrey, I wish it was my wisdom. It's not. I was sitting in the next door neighbor's house. Her name's
2: Eileen, and she has a little five-year-old, and his name's Donovan. And Donovan and I were in this very heated debate, as any five-year-old p- parents know. Is there
0: know. any other kind of daddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: all right. And anyway, he kept inserting himself into the conversation I was having with Eileen, and Eileen and I literally were just trying to have a peaceful cup of coffee. He kept asking me question after question after question. And he got so frustrated. Every time he asked me, I I answered. But he didn't think I was listening. And Audrey, what he did was amazing. He jumped into my lap. He grabbed my face in his tiny little hands. He turned it towards him and he said, Neen, listen with your eyes. I mean, imagine, Hmm. this is the wisdom of a five-year-old. Imagine if as leaders, we chose for the next 24 hours with every person who came in our path, imagine if we decided to listen with our eyes. I've never forgotten it. It's the wisest thing I've ever heard from a five-year-old. And I practice this with every barista, every security guard, every TSA agent, every person that I come into contact with. I think to myself, how can I listen with my eyes more? And we need that challenge as leaders. We need to think, where do I need to listen with my eyes more at work and at home and in our community?
0: It's very insightful because you also give get the opportunity then to pick up on body language that you might have missed or subtle social cues you might have missed.
2: Yes. And think about it, Lee, in a sales conversation. What we need the ability to do as sales leaders, for those who focus in on this particular area especially, is we need to be able to listen and read between the lines. We need to be able to think, what are they not telling me? What am I not hearing? What are they not saying? What questions are they not asking? And that requires incredible attention.
0: Or at home, what what does she really mean? <laughs> yeah,
2: well, good luck with that. If, we say, if we say we need to talk, be scared. Be very, very scared.
0: <laughs> Quite right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and if we say, oh, I think I have too many black shoes, you don't. You never have too many. So you never have enough of the or, or my
1: <laughs> least favorite. Or my <laughs> least favorite, I'm fine. It's like, he most certainly is not fine. <laughs> <laughs> depends, on, depends on what. Or if they answer a question with a question.
0: That's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So without getting uh, hauled off to some dark site on the planet somewhere, can you tell us a little bit about your work with the FBI? Um, it just sounds amazing. I
2: can't. I really can't, unfortunately.
1: you okay, one get of yourself the in trouble. That,
2: yeah, no, 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 no. With so many clients that I work with, and it's not just government agencies, some of my large corporations as well, because I sign non-disclosures, I can't talk about some of the work, but what I can tell you is that it doesn't matter whether it is a leader in the FBI or whether it is a leader in Comcast or Viacom or any of these other amazing clients that I get to work with, what they know to be true is not only as leaders do we need to pay attention, but that technology is changing the way we pay attention. And so when you think about as leaders, we have even more need to build relationships as we move towards artificial intelligence and chatbots and all of these other things that are changing the way we pay attention and you know even some of my advertising clients they are designing ads because they know exactly where your eyes track on your screen Mm -hmm. they're designing ads differently obviously for devices as opposed to movie screens Mm -hmm. and so what I would say is it doesn't matter what business you're in every role must rely on the fact that attention is about connection relationships first as leaders you role model that if you want to increase your sales be more connected. If you want to improve your relationships at home, be more connected. If you want to be a bigger contributor in your community, pay attention. It sounds so simple and yet it actually requires work and that's what people have to do.
0: So Did for the have- sake of time, how do people connect with you? <laughs> <laughs>
2: For me, nice use there. I see what you did there. <laughs> the, the easy thing is, is anyone named James online? So that's what I'm so fortunate. If you Google me, you'll find me. And there are hundreds of articles you can download for free on my site at neanjames.com. If you really want to see my adventures, come follow me on Instagram. That's where I love to play.
1: Ooh, and at Nean James is the Twitter handle. And uh for those who might want to book you for speaking, do you want to tell a little bit about your speaking program? For me, I'm so fortunate to have clients that are really keen to
2: improve the way that they pay attention, the way that they become more productive and how they become more accountable. The programs we've designed are around those topics. So I'm often the opening keynote speaker at a large corporate event or association where I can come in and really bring a high level of energy with some practical takeaways people can apply immediately. Attention Pays is definitely one of our most popular programs. Another program that people love is one called Idea Shaping. So if you want to know any more about that, then jump onto the website. We'd be delighted to help.
0: Those of us who have not been to Australia, it's like, why should we go and, and what's really cool there?
2: well let me tell you it's only here's how you think about australia every time we talk about australia people go oh my gosh it's so fast so here's how you think about australia it's only six movies from la easy peasy six,
1: six movies six from movies from <laughs> LA. <laughs> yeah.
2: why should you go to australia because Aussies work hard but they play hard it's one of the prettiest countries on the planet everyone's friendly. The food is amazing. The beaches are incredible. The wine is delicious. The mountains are beautiful. Why would you not want to go to Australia? We have animals like no one else has on the planet.
1: Well, and you have Bondi Beach, right? Bondi Beach is the place to be. That's what I've heard. That's on the bucket list. Well, uh, Neen, it's been such a pleasure. We're so glad that you spent some time with us. And uh, I think we paid attention the whole time. You guys are
2: amazing. And a huge shout out to our mutual friend, Tony Chapman, who made this all possible. If you haven't listened to his episode, go back and listen to it. It's genius.
0: Yeah, he's fantastic. I love him.
1: Thanks a lot, Neen. Great talking to you.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.